0: Through the, water. Thinking
1: the next morning, the library table had been stripped of its decoration. Two silver candelabra and several leather-bound first editions, and sadly, a mounted rhinoceros horn, and laid with crisp white linen. On top were an urn-brewing aromatic Brazilian coffee, a bone-china bowl and pitcher filled with sugar and cream, platters of flaky pastries. Pablo was an early riser, hardiest in the mornings, and welcomed his guests with gusto.
2: Good morning, good morning. Try
1: the Danish. In contrast, Alvaro, one of the last to arrive, slunk into the room. His usually lustrous black hair, stringy, his complexion wan, bags under his eyes, proving that even beautiful rock stars were no match for the effects of too much wine and brandy and too little sleep. He stumbled to the library table, poured a cup of coffee for himself with a trembling hand, and retreated to perch on one of the gilt chairs under the library catwalk. I had dressed in the new dove-gray Armani three-piece suit I'd bought for the occasion, a silk ice-blue tie around my neck, and I knew I looked the part of someone who could address the problem that, as Pablo had prepped me, was an immediate concern for all of those gathered here. I owned up to myself, however, that I was feeling just a little nervous about what I was going to say to these men when Pablo started the meeting and turned the floor over to me. Ever since I was a kid, I'd been a natural closer, one-on-one. Speaking to a group had always made my biochemicals kick into overdrive. I relished the faint tingle of fear and rehearsed my prepared remarks again in my head while I sipped my coffee. Pablo called the gathering to order. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Tapping his coffee cup with his silver spoon and began with some general comments while everyone found a comfortable seat on the leather sofas.
2: We have all seen the news reports of drug and gang violence in the border cities of our country. Ciudad Juarez is one of the worst hit and the reason is obvious. It is one of the principal routes we use for getting our wares across the border. Gentlemen, here in this room, we all work together to infuse them with the same sense of cooperation. I remind you, when the death toll rises too high, the government declares another war on our business venture, And no one likes to have that expense.
1: There was genuine applause for Pablo's appeal, and even a few robust cries of C.C. C.
2: Second, as we all know, one of our costliest line items is payoffs to the border agents. Our own government is not the only one to engage in warfare with us from time to time. In the U.S., my intelligence tells me there is fresh appetite for another battle or two.
1: There were a few grunts from Pablo's audience and more than a few heavy sighs.
2: I am not saying it has to be done immediately, but I do think we will need to give the Americans another border bus sooner than later. We must keep them believing they are getting ahead in a little war, yeah?
1: He waited for his fellows to reply, as if the question wasn't rhetorical. A chorus of reluctant see, see, was returned to him, and he clapped his hands once to show he was pleased.
2: I know it is not the most pleasant part of doing business, but we do need to keep the enemy engaged. What would it do to our whole business model if we gave them time to sit back and think and realize the inevitable solution to our war games, as well as to so many of their internal problems, is to simply legalize drugs? collect the taxes on them, and stop paying for the prison space necessary to house all the teenagers they bust for having a $10 bag of marijuana in their pocket.
1: (laughs) During the laughter that followed his comment, Pablo gestured to me to join him in the center of the room. I thought as I walked to his side, what a thrill it is to be alive and on the very verge of being scandalously prosperous.
2: Gentlemen, you have all met my friend Clint Kennedy. We had a lovely evening with him last night, did we not?
1: My eyes moved automatically to Alvaro as this question was asked, but he was slump-shouldered and staring squinty-eyed into the depths of his coffee cup.
2: My friend, Clint Kennedy, has exciting news for us, and I will let him talk in just a moment. But first I want to tell you a little bit about why he is here. We all know, of course, that of the currencies in circulation in the world, the United States is the most stable.
1: (laughs) There were a few chuckles around the room.
2: Hard to believe, I know, when you consider all the war debt and their failing banks, but it's nonetheless true. Well, my friend Clint owns a bank in the United States.
1: I couldn't resist a glance at Alvaro at this, as I'd suspected the news made him open his eyes in surprise.
2: And not just a bank, gentlemen, a solvent bank with many, many branches, and all the time acquiring more branches.
1: The room broke into applause at this, most of it coming directly on the heels of the word solvent.
2: And he has figured out a way to get our money into his bank.
1: This exclamation was cause for some amusement, laughter, and some catcalls, mostly good-natured, from men who were not unaccustomed to crooks coming to call. I'll bet he has. Yes, but how will I get it back out? How do we know we can trust him? We'll show him what happens when we do not trust him. That sort of thing. Not a word from Alvaro. Just that long stare, then back into his coffee cup. I'd hazarded a look.
2: Gentlemen, I am trusting him with my money. I hope my endorsement might persuade you of my friend's reliability. For a small consideration, 5%.
1: I saw Alvaro's head jerk to attention.
2: Plus certain other fees, bank fees, currency exchange, payoffs to appropriate officials. He can arrange to put your money into a stable bank in America too.
1: The room grew still with the sound of men thinking and the sound of one man's blood pressure rising, his heart racing, his brain exploding.
2: I am certain I don't have to persuade you of the benefits of having your money in a sound American financial institution.
1: A sound erupted like the wailing of a large hungry cat, a large hungry wounded cat, a caged bleeding animal who had always before had teeth and claws and brute strength to rely upon. Eventually the wail formed itself into words.
0: Five percent. This thief charged me twenty percent. He screwed me out of my money with my idea for him to put my money into the American bank.
1: There was spit flying from Alvaro's mouth along with the words as he raged. And he was no longer sitting slumped in his gilt chair. He was on his feet, pacing haphazardly among the men, winding his way around chairs and sofas, knocking his flailing arms into the backs of chairs. Lamps on the tables, the top of Luis's head.
0: Hijo de puta! He didn't even tell me it was his bank!
1: Pablo tried reason. Hijo, you were the one who offered
2: 20% as I understand it. Have I been told something wrong? I don't think I have, and so if you make an offer, you must keep your word. My money,
0: my idea. I am the one who has earned your 5%, not this fucker.
1: Alvaro bawled, knocking into a small table near Emiliano, setting a porcelain lamp atop it rocking. Emiliano was unable to catch it before it fell to the floor. Pablo gasped as it shattered. I presumed because of the price, and Matteo, who'd been sitting next to Emiliano, stood and reached into his pocket, whipped out a titanium gold Desert Eagle 44, and cracked Alvaro with it across the back of the head. The group of us stood over Alvaro, listening to him groan, watching a thin trickle of blood leak out around where he lay on Pablo's carpet. Is he all right? I could barely breathe for all the adrenaline coursing through me. Pablo took his key fob out of his pocket and pressed one of its icons. The door that led out to the control room opened smoothly, and one of the men stationed there entered.
2: Yes, señor Navarro?
1: Pablo waved a hand at where Alvaro lay.
2: Get him back to his room and see he doesn't bleed all over the place on the way. And get Perta in here to clean this up.
1: He waved his finger in a circle at the blood already seeping into the carpet. As Pablo's men grabbed Alvaro under his armpits, hoisted him to his feet, and helped him stumble out of the library, the rest of the dealers took up their seats again on the sofas picking up their cups of coffee, and took bites of their danishes. And then Tomas spoke, his mouth filled with pastry.
2: Pablo, is there anything to what he says about your friend stealing his money? Do you think I am so stupid? No, 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 no. Of course you do not.
1: I loosened my tie, slid the knot, and stretched my neck. Jack! I didn't even have to say a word.
3: No chance to practice your sales pitch, huh?
1: Pablo did the selling for me, and Alvaro sealed the deal with his little tantrum. I kicked off my shoes and lay back on the sumptuous feather bed in Pablo's guest room. The bed had been freshly made since I'd rolled out of it this morning, a hallmark I would learn of being Pablo's guest. You used a towel. A clean one was folded in its place. You used the glass on your bathroom counter to get a drink of water. It was replaced with a newly polished one. (laughs) You sat on the bed to tie your shoes. A maid magically appeared the moment you left the room to smooth the duvet. I mean, I said to Jack, I don't think any of them held him in the highest regard to start with. So, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and all that. If Alvaro didn't like me, that was the icing on their cake. I laughed. And then I reminded myself to conduct this conversation with as much dignity as Jack and I could muster between us. Pablo's men had tweaked my cell so that I could use it down here in the bunker. And while it didn't look or sound bugged, you never could tell. I made a mental note to lose the phone as soon as I was above ground again and get a new one that I was sure hadn't been tampered with.
3: Yeah, I've got to meet this Pablo. I mean, Abe loves him. Loves him. And you know Abe doesn't love no one that ain't Abe, raving to mom and dad about how smart he is, and how sophisticated, and how he must come from a good family to have manners like that. And he even said that he'd have to reevaluate his opinion of you. If someone like Pablo wants to do business with you, you can't be all bad. Shit like that.
1: Hell of a thing, I said as I stretched, when you can't trust a person to hate you on a consistent basis.
3: Says you guys gave him the bums rush out of the country, though.
1: I squirmed. I didn't want to get into it over the phone. I didn't yet have a full grasp of the honor code among drug dealers. And there was a murder involved, after all. And strangely, probably because it was supposed to have been me who ended up dead. I wasn't particularly upset about it. Don't worry about it, no biggie. I had just had enough of Abe and needed to get rid of him. Copy that. Speaking of, have you seen Charlotte since they got back? Who? Charlotte. Abe's secretary, Chester's daughter.
3: Oh, yeah. No. Where was she?
1: Oh, For Christ's sake, Jack, here in Mexico. With Abe.
3: Really? That fat fuck sure knows how to milk it, doesn't he? I don't know what he's got her doing up here, except ordering him lunch and picking up his dry cleaning. What's he need her for in Mexico?
1: I shrugged, scrunching myself deeper down into the pillows behind my head. Maybe your dad told him to take her with him. He gave her that job to keep an eye on Abe. Who knows what kind of trouble David worried he'd get into in a foreign country. We both had a laugh, Jack stopping short to mutter
3: <laughs> Hey, Charlotte, are you trying to tap that? <laughs>
1: I don't think I'd quite put it that way, Jack cackled.
3: (laughs) Clint is sweet on Charlotte.
1: Are you in the third grade?
3: Are you ever going to acknowledge that you grew up to be a gay man?
1: I sighed. He and I had been over this before. I don't give a flying fuck if you want to slap that label on me. Happy as hell to have it, except it isn't correct. Not that it's anyone's business, including yours, who I like to sleep with but just for the record, I'm by, by Jack. And based on how I'm starting to feel about Charlotte, the other team's winning right now. Whatever. I have to go. Lunch is being served in half an hour, and that business with Alvaro made me feel crappy. I want to shower before I have to go meet up with everybody again. I just called to put you on notice that we're going to start transferring money again, probably day after tomorrow. So strap yourself in and keep your hands inside the ride.
3: Aye, aye, Capitan. I've got to run, too. I'm meeting Sharon for lunch.
1: Abe's Sharon?
3: I don't know any other Sharon.
1: Update me on the upcoming divorce next time we talk.
3: Oh, please. The bank's solvent again. There's not going to be a divorce.
1: And why else does she want to have lunch with you? What else do you two have to talk about? Good point. Lunch was grouper-prepared a la plancha, with a white wine and butter sauce, taken around the massive Tudor-style table in the dining room. Pablo tried to steer the conversation away from business. It was his inclination, both from preference and tradition, to keep the event of breaking bread a purely social one. But the idea of scrubbing their dirty money so that it smelled all fresh and legal and providing them with a consistent convenient access to piles of it in a secure currency was far too much of a temptation. And these men had big plans for their newly legitimate and American money. They were going to open convenience stores, buy construction companies, take over all the developments that had gone bust in South Florida, and turn them into nursing homes. Before the maid had finished clearing our plates, we dove into logistics. Is there a limit on the amount of cash you can transfer in one day? Moshes asked. Yes, currently I can process $8 million a day. Joaquin frowned. You're telling me if I gave you $8 million at 9 a.m. that I can have it in your U.S. bank account and ready for your use by 5 p.m. Yes, sir, I am. I said as he sat back calculating how long it would take him to legalize his stash at that rate. I wanted more than anything in the world at that moment to know the size of that stash, to be able to calculate my potential profits based on some hard numbers. But I knew better than to ask the question directly at this juncture of the deal, and held my tongue. So you take one million from eight of us one day, and a million from the eight of us the next day? Emiliano wondered out loud. I shook my head. That's not actually the most practical approach. You're located all across the country, and we have to physically transport the money to my Mexican bank in order for them to process the transaction. That means the bank sends an armored truck to pick up your cash, and it'll be more efficient to have them pick up a whole day's transfer limit at one location at a time. At least, it will be for the time being. As Pablo told you, I'm currently acquiring more branches in the U.S., and that'll speed things up. Note to self. Talk to Juan Carlos about the possibility of using his bank's local branches in various locations across Mexico and or ramping up his staff in Merida to increase his transfer capabilities. Of course, I said nothing about these concerns to the partners gathered around the table. They were already salivating at what I had put on their plates, and I saw no need to go into detail about how I made my sausage. The maid returned then, bearing coffee. We fell silent as she served us. Though I expected working here, she had been privy to any number of confidential conversations, and Pablo trusted her entirely. The Mexican government had long tried to enlist its citizens in fighting the cartels. But it simply wasn't human nature to fight an entity that provided you with good living. And in Chaberna, the population was thriving because Pablo conducted his business there. Luis added cream and an alarming amount of sugar to his small china cup of brew and stirred it till it had dissolved and the maid had once again returned to the kitchen. What you are telling us is we must go one at a time, and therefore some of us will have to wait over two weeks in order to even begin transforming our money. That was a downside, and I admitted it with a nod. (coughs) Theo slapped the table, a way of drawing our attention. Then, in that case, we will have a lottery. We will draw names to see in what order we will give our friend Clint our money. And rotate through the order every 16, excuse me, 17 days, Tomás asked. Ah, account for the weekends, I hastened to add. The banks have limited hours on Saturday, and they're closed completely on Sundays. And of course, Pablo, you are exempt from the lottery. You must have your turn first in gratitude for bringing us this opportunity. Joaquin added, and the others around the table voiced their agreement, though Pablo himself deferred. I
2: appreciate your kindness, gentlemen, but we are in this together, as in all things.
1: I am happy to take my place among you. The strategy of his graciousness was not lost on me. Taking his turn in a lottery would cost Pablo very little in the short term. In the long term, he would have one more favor to call in as necessary. I thought, not for the first time, how much I was going to learn from this man. Pablo had provided a silver-plated Tiffany's champagne bucket from which to draw the scraps of paper, torn sheets of Pablo's watermarked stationery, bearing each dealer's name written with the Waterman fountain pens. Pablo had passed out to each man as if they were Bix. Pablo drew an honest third place in the lottery. And satisfied with our afternoon's business, suggested we retreat once again to our rooms to relax before dinner. His chef was preparing cassoulet for us that evening, a heavy meal, and we would need to restore ourselves to enjoy it properly. The after lunch coffee had done little to counter the effects of the three glasses of wine I'd enjoyed with my fish. A little nap to sleep off the wine would be the smart thing to do for my weary body, but I doubted I could turn off my brain. It was vibrating with anticipation. Thoughts bouncing around inside my cerebellum like one of those automatic tennis ball return machines gone wild. Expand my school to go all the way through high school, and call Juan Carlos, who was going to balk at the quantity of transactions I was setting up, and fly up to Miami to tell David and Candace about the latest developments in person because I wanted to see their faces glow at the news and calculate the bank fees Juan Carlos would enjoy before I called him so I could hit him with the profit and cut his protestations off at the knees and offer Charlotte a remarkable, totally non-refusable salary. So she'd move down here and take charge of the academic program for the Mayan kids and buy my own plane, holy fuck, because my business would now require frequent trips between Merida and Miami, and I would soon be able to afford it. And get Jack fired up about the project of acquiring more banks and fast. And fire that fat fuck Abe. Or would it be more fun to keep him around for a few years and buy him. Sell him as I saw fit, because I would soon be able to afford to do that too. And create a spreadsheet to keep track of the armored car pickups and deliveries. Because in the four days, it would take one car to make a round trip to Kaluakan. I could have two back from Veracruz and Walaka. The truth was, I didn't actually want to turn off my brain. I was enjoying the buzz. I hope you enjoyed this episode of
3: Staying Fortune. It was produced by myself, Joe Calderwood, and Jeff Messer. Casting by Charlie Wilson.
1: And performances by Haven Kai, Brooks Wallace, Alan Chandler and Zach Hamrick. Music written and performed by Freddie Elmberg.
0: I wage wars through the water. Trying to make you live it all I'm just a working man And oh my love detests I can't get no sleep Can't get no rest The beauty you've lost Just throw me into the fire So get on your knees And say a prayer for me I'm living this hell It's eternity Yeah no. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide I pray the devil take away the life of the dead man That took him from the light He was an innocent man working on a bridge And the devil sent a soul to make sure I'm living this hell, it's eternity Cos I can't